Welcome back. Tough minute, babe. RT. What? How you doing? I huh? just trying to get this going so we can talk and so Come I can get man, some we dinner. Got Chris Ledoux back with us again. Chris Ledoux. We're ready for round he does two. have a Chris Ledoux hat on. Yeah. Chris Ledoux. You know what? We didn't talk about it last week. You said your dad played with Johnny Cash. Oh yeah, yeah. That's my Johnny favorite Cash singer. Elvis. Okay, so here's an interesting thing. Are you like a fly guitar guy or something? Man, I shouldn't tell this because I could get like busted on this. Oh, oh well, on, man. I actually, I actually have one of Johnny Cash's capos. Really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, him and my dad, they were playing a set together, and um, Dad asked Johnny Cash if he could borrow one of his capos, and he did. Yeah. And then like Johnny left without it, so I mean, finders keepers, right, losers yeah. weepers, I think. That still applies, but somebody from the Johnny Cash Foundation probably knocking on my door like, we need yeah. that capo back. Yeah, you know, it's not signed, so sorry about you guys. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It just matters to me. Yeah, I got so, you. Yeah. So, yeah, we're back. Daniel Earl. We are. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ready for round two? We are. What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, he was in Africa? Doing Last week? Oh. Work in Ghana? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking uh, about that and a little bit of everything. talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Come on, Nick, man. You got to get in some of these I, jokes, I, man. You're the funny guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Help a brother. I'm usually the funny guy. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's start with this. All right. If you could go back to your 18 year old self Ooh. and give a piece of advice, besides stay in school, um, <laughs> right? What advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Oh, man, that is such a great, great question. That guy was hard to talk to. <laughs> he really was. I yeah. knew all the answers already. You know, my, my advice would be really trust God. Like, go back to that. Because when I was younger, I really had that. And, and I got sold on this idea that, like, the world has something more for you. But that is just not true. My dad used to always say, you can't improve on God's plan for your life. And I wish I would have believed that. You mm. said watch. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. Cause I, 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 I thought I, I thought the same thing. I thought my dad was like out of touch. Yeah. Like I thought, you know, he's old, he's been he'd done this before, but it was, you know, twenty years ago and he's out of touch with like today and today's times and you know, what's going on in my world's different than what was going on in his world and anything he had advice for advice wise for me, I was just like, Ah oh, man, you're you're old and out of touch. Oh, why would I listen to you? Yeah. I'm gonna figure this out for myself. Yeah. And then I did. <laughs> well, there was there was a part of me that kind of saw the Christian life as being boring. Mm. Yeah. You know, it was uh, all these restrictions. But, man, when you really start following Jesus, you're not going to find a greater adventure than following Jesus because Jesus goes some crazy places, man. man. <laughs> and serving. Um, I thought serving in a church would be boring. Yeah. Um, it's really not. It's it's so rewarding. It's actually, it's and it's a really good time. You get to know people on a totally different level than like some of your normal friends, and uh, you know you you get it's so rewarding. You get so much back from it, believe it or not. Yeah. So my first job in ministry mm -hmm. was I was 21 years old, and I started. I got hired by Shepherd Community, okay, here in Indianapolis, yeah. and at that time they were doing homeless ministries, and we operated a winter contingency shelter. That basically means the temperatures are getting so cold, people are going to die right. or they come in. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, not everybody can get into a homeless shelter because they may have... Extracurriculars. Extemporaneous <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> yes. Contingency shelters, you don't check nothing. 
right. everybody gets to come in. Nice. And so my job was to show up at 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. and sit there with whoever showed up <laughs> to keep from dying. Right. <laughs> I met some of the most interesting characters on the planet. Interesting is the word I would use. Yeah, well, I, you know... <laughs> I mean, I'm, <laughs> Nick and I are on the same page here. Yeah. I think a lot of the listeners are too. But I sat up one night. I, this story's a little bit, if we need to cut back or whatever, just let me know. But um, I actually sat up one night with a guy who was a self-professed Muslim who was also a pimp and a drug dealer. Nice. So here's me. He had his hands in a bunch of different hats. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you can't even do that and be a Muslim. Right. He's like, well, you know. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, this is just an interesting thing to be sitting up all night. And we would sit up and talk all night long. And, you know, he would talk about his time in prison. i talk about the times I probably should have went to prison. <laughs> um, but we talked about faith. We talked about life. I can make this relatable. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, um, and, and I think during those moments, I was kind of like, this is humanity. Yeah. Like, God's mission is not to some lily-white idealistic environment. His mission is to, like, real humans that have lived a real life and are dealing with real issues. Yep. And that's when I figured out, man, this ministry thing is real. It's like RT always says, God can use me or you. You know, he can use anybody. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Right. Um, Rich Mullins, the guy who wrote Awesome God, you know, mm-hmm. our God is an awesome God. Probably can't do that. <laughs> he just did it. So, <laughs> Rich Mullins, you know, he talked about the fact, he said, God ain't got no taste. He'll use anybody, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's true. I think that God really enjoys, well, he's a, he, we get this concept, God loves humanity, but he's also in love. And that's just a whole different thing yeah. when you get, when you connect with the fact that, you know, we say, oh yeah, God loves the sinner. No, like he really does Yeah, yeah. love the sinner. And he wants people who are brave, who are tough. Right. Because it takes tough men of faith to get in there and, and really get down where some people are and say, hey, man, I'm I'm here to love you. Yep. Let me ask you a question ahead, based please. on that. So we mentioned last week that you and I spoke at a, a service together a couple weeks ago. One of the things I admired about that, we were on a group chat before that, and you, I can't remember how you worded it, but basically like, hey, who's going to share the gospel? Like that was one of your questions. And when, I mean, my, my antenna went up when I heard that. I just loved hearing that. So what does evangelism look like to you? Um, in your life? Like, how does that play out? What does sharing your faith look like? My friends who know me well, (laughs) they talk about my parking lot ministry. (laughs) I cannot explain it, but I meet more people in parking lots. We were recently in Pigeon Forge. There was a guy who was broke down, and I walked by his car, and he was like, hey, can you help me out? You know, and he starts relaying the fact of like, all these people that he was afraid to ask. And he said, but for some reason, when you walked by, something told me that you were the man. You were all right. Yeah. Maybe it was the long hair and the beard. Maybe, you know. (laughs) But whatever it takes, if that reaches somebody. (laughs) But I think the Holy Spirit's telling on me. Yeah. I do, because, you know, I not only helped the guy, but I also, you know, witnessed to him. Uh, And I didn't do, you know, it's like... (laughs) You know, it's good to have a nice running car, but have you ever thought about burning in hell? Right. You know? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't go that approach with right. him, you know, but, you know, I did because he said, you know, he said, I hope God blesses you. 
you know, because yeah. everybody says, hey, God bless you, man. Yeah. And this is what I always say. I always say, well, God already has blessed me. That's how I'm able to give to yeah. you. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm here today. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and he was like, I knew, I knew it, right? <laughs> and so um, for me, evangelism looks a whole lot like living genuinely mm. and looking for opportunities to truly say something genuine into someone's life. And what I have learned is, is that a listener, people say this to me all the time. I don't know why I'm telling you my whole life story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, because I've learned, I've learned to, to be attentive, like making eye contact with yeah. somebody. Yep. Oh my gosh, how huge is that? Yep. Actually caring about somebody. Right. And respecting them when you talk to them. That's what, um, to me, that's what leads to a lot of ministry is not how do I, how do I care about this person or how do I evangelize this person? Yep. It's doing what Jesus did to the rich young ruler. Now, the rich young ruler, he's not going to get converted that day, but it says Jesus looked on him and loved him. Mm -hmm. And I think if we just get that in our heads, yep. stop strategizing ministry and just look at people and love them, yep. and you'll be amazed what God will do. That's great. Because I know, when, it, especially in my like pastor world, like pastors are guilty of talking strategy about oh, yeah. evangelism when reality is like, we just need to go out and love our neighbors. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's the truth of the gospel. So Who knows? Maybe Jesus was on to something. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's worth giving a shot. Yeah. <laughs> See how it pans out? You don't know. Right. <laughs> they called him master for a reason, right? <laughs> Maybe he knew something. Maybe he knew something. Yeah. Who, uh, it's like, did you have a mentor or have a mentor? Or like, how does that play into your life? So many people... Um, I couldn't even start a list. I want to tell you about one man. His name's Dan Flutie. Dan Flutie was a groundskeeper at a golf course. And you say, well, I've never heard of him. No, you haven't. But Dan Flutie was a co-minister with me. He played guitar and sang when I would go and preach at nursing homes. Nice. Now, why was Dan Flutie a mentor to me? Because every single time I came in the church doors, Dan Flutie would look at me and he would just smile and beam, and he would say, oh, glory to God, I was looking forward to seeing you, brother, and give me a big old hug. <laughs> yeah. And believe it or not, that man, he loved people, mm. and he shared the gospel so plainly, and if you looked at him, it, nothing special. Nice. But people like that have always amazed and impressed me because they have a, a genuine love. So yeah. him, amongst so many others... Um, that I could list, but yeah, I'm usually, I'm usually really inspired by people that don't look all that impressive on the yeah. outside. Yeah, I'd agree. Like the people who have made the biggest impression on me or my faith and my walk, most people never even heard of. Uh, yeah. Right? Just people who genuinely love God and genuinely love you and they make an investment. I mean, you walk away from, you're like, yeah, hey, you feel like you got something out of it. Did somebody just put something in my life? Exactly. You know, it's like a week later that thing's growing. Yeah. You're like, how'd that get there? Yep. We uh we had a neighbor like that, and uh, we just moved from that house a year or so ago, and uh, I still go by and see him once a month or so, and it's the same thing. It's uh, You pick up the phone, you call him, it's praise the Lord as soon as he picks up the phone, and you get there, and he just he feeds into you, and he's 85 years old, and he probably doesn't have a tooth in his head, and uh, <laughs> he's a little on the crazy side, but God, you love him, man. He just, <laughs> yeah. he just feeds into you, and it, it's good. Um, yeah, this has that joy. Yeah. You know, they talk about, um, and I know in ministry talk about this all the time, pouring out, but God taught me about something about that. Yeah. I never pour out. I always say, Lord, fill me up until I spill over. Yeah. You never run dry 
and you're never worried about who you're pouring into. Right. Because I think when we get that love with Jesus, when we get so full of Jesus that we can't contain as much as the Holy Spirit is putting into us, you can give so freely because your cup's running over. Oh, yeah. You aren't going to be able to keep it anyway, so just... Might Let well the give it joy out. flow over it onto, and it spills onto everybody. And yeah. that's, it's a good ministry plan. Yeah. What is your, like, when, how do you read God's word, the Bible? <laughs> like, what does that look like for you? <laughs> <laughs> I told a friend of mine one time, I said, you know, God made me a preacher because it's the only way he could get me to study. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's horrible. What if he hears you? I'm like, I'm pretty sure he hears you. <laughs> yeah, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, it's so it started out young. I mean, like seriously, being involved in a church that taught scripture memory mm-hmm. to school, dude, I have so much scripture memory, it's crazy. And it wasn't because I was such a great disciplined Christian. It was a gift that God planted in my life. Nice. Study for me looks a whole lot like, honestly, I love preparing sermons, mm-hmm. uh, notes, studies, podcasts, whatever. Um, that's when I do a lot, a lot of my study. Yep. But... Sometimes it's just indulging. I call it indulging in the Word of God. When you just sit down and you just go deep and you look at these stories, you look at the Word, and you're just like... So I have this little practice I'm going to tell you about it. Mm -hmm. It's called Breakfast with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And one of my favorite things is to have nobody around and just sit down. And like, honestly, I do this at breakfast. I sit down. I say, Lord, what are we going to talk about today? And sometimes he leads me to the scriptures. Sometimes he leads me other places. But man, I would strongly recommend that you just sit down with Jesus and ask him to talk and open up the word and quit thinking about it. Like I got to study or I got to read yep. and just look at it and say, what is in this? And let those scriptures open up to you yeah. on a personal level. And then you do also have to do the the planned studies and sure. things like that. But those are my favorite times is when God just comes out of the Word. Yeah. So what does your morning routine look like? Uh, well, I recently got married, so <laughs> we're going to have to go before marriage. Okay. But And I heard you guys talking about this. So in the mornings, whenever I get up, one of the first things I do is have, have water because and you can't run without water, right? Right. So I do the water, start my coffee, and then I will either... Um, go for a run or do resistance training, alternate that every day. Mm-hmm. And then I prepare my breakfast and I sit down and I, I love to do my breakfast with Jesus every day. Nice. Um, when I do my workouts or my runs, I'm either listening to something that people would refer to as self-help or I have some content I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And then I also listen to the word on a daily basis. That's part of that regiment of yeah. keeping the word fresh inside yeah. inside the mind. Being intentional about it. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So there's there's that intentional pursuit and then there's that passion pursuit that both go on. But those are my those are my typical mornings because I yeah. I find that the body, the mind and the spirit will move together. They really will and you need them to. So yeah, you talked last week, you just mentioned it kind of in passing, but you, you talked about the different areas of your life are all affected by the gospel. One of the areas you said was the health. Yes. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Well, for one, you can't go to Africa. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, well, you can, just just not where we go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, well, I mean, it's just true. No, yeah. I mean, it, and, and so for me, my body is a tool of ministry, right? And so for me, I think it's the responsibility of the Christian to manage and maintain their health to the best degree that they can. I understand that there's some people who face some serious issues, right? 
But for me, God has given me what they call the measure of health, right? And it's up to me to manage that. And so, because look, you're not you when you're hungry. Right. <laughs> it's, it's just that simple. I heard you talk about Snicker bars. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, got a, yeah. you got a whole case Little Debbie's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I used to get into like some terrible times in life, and I thought that I had a bad day. Come to find out, I was just hungry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or tired. And um, so I think if you're going to get into those places where you're going to need to be highly effective, right? I mean, how long do you want to be able to go? How far do you want to be able to go and still have something left in the tank? That means, do I know how I sleep? Do I know how I rest, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a huge part of it. Do I know when I'm hungry or um, how do I maintain myself? Because this brain, right, wants to work against me. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times motion determines emotion. That's something I learned when I was battling with depression. Motion will determine emotion. And so putting a lot of those things in as much synchrony as you possibly can puts the advantages in your favor. And so I, I think, and, and you know, do you, how long do you want to be in this game? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you want to be here for your kids, your great-grandkids? Um, right. How much do you want to be able to give? <laughs> yeah, we're currently going through this right now. Um, my wife just lost her grandpa, and now her grandma's kind of alone and you know, we uh, just had our birthday party, 82nd or 83rd birthday the other day, and somebody prayed and wished for her to have a long life with us, and she said, no, absolutely <laughs> right. not. She said, I've taken way too good of a care of myself over the years, and I'm ready to go see my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe it's a good idea to set some boundaries, and how long do you want to be in this? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, maybe be a little more intentional on how you live. To uh... <laughs> well, No, know, I shouldn't say that. That's wrong. <laughs> well, well, here's the interesting thing, um, and I, I'm not going to talk about the story of my dad's passing in, in this episode, but um, I, I spent a lot of time, like when I first got started, I wanted to preach. Mm-hmm. They let me preach to kids and in nursing homes. Man, you want to talk about seeing the, the polarities of life. Yeah. Start preaching to kids and in nursing homes. Yeah. And so I would go to a nursing home sometimes twice a week, a different nursing home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd be there twice a week. And you really get to look at, man, this is, and you need to talk to some old people. Yeah. Every young person, like seriously, you need to make as many friends with the 80-year-olds as you possibly can. Right. And take a look at that. Yep. My suggestion. Yeah. So we're getting close on time here, but i got a couple more questions. Go for it. So our, our target audience or who listens usually like men. Mm-hmm. Even though we have a lot of ladies that listen, especially yeah. ladies that have sons. Just to Hello, some ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Out of control. <laughs> what ab- this like, is me on my good behavior. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah. What What advice would you give to our listeners, to uh, a man who's young in his faith that's listening to this podcast, and you were able to sit down and give him one piece of advice to a young young guy just walking with Jesus? Yeah, just just keep that walk with Jesus, man, I promise you. I think a lot of people I counsel with, the devil is just beating them up with this idea that, you know, you may not be worthy or you may be some second-class citizen of heaven. Not true. That is just absolutely not true. You need to settle in on the fact that God, Jesus, is passionately in love with you, like passionately in love with you, like a good father with his son. And if you've got kids, man, you know what the value of spending time with your children and how much your heart just loves and pours over them. You just need to get get the fact that Jesus loves you. I mean, he's the one who found you. He's the one who called you. He's the one who's redeemed you. Man, just and the one get who on. made you. Yeah. You know. 
just get on the fact that he loves you and just go deep on that and and trust it yeah i was going to add to that question and say how do you get somebody that's listening to the podcast that's not a believer but i think you just hit it i think you hit it right there so you know you just uh you start believing that man it's not limited god didn't start loving you the day you got saved right i mean he started loving you before you even had awareness of your existence right I say it this way, God literally crossed heaven and earth to love you, and and you just need to get that. Yep. Yeah, yeah Romans 5, 8, right? While we're sinners, that's when Christ died for us. Like, at your worst, Jesus saw you and went to the cross for you, not after you cleaned yourself up. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're getting close on time here, but uh, last week we talked about your 9 to 5 a little bit. This tells us about how you make your money, your business, that type of thing. <laughs> Yeah. If anybody wants to get a hold of you. Did well, you he was in a rodeo. Rodeo, yeah. I, I didn't think that worked out for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh that's that's uh an old career path. So well actually um I own and operate Dirt Wrangler Carpet Cleaner. Dirt Wrangler. Dirt that's... Wrangler. That's right. I mean what else would I do? You had to know that, that was gonna that makes be sense. it. Yeah, but dirt wrangler carpet cleaner. Um friend of mine said the other day, he said, Man, I came home. And my dog had pooped right on the carpet, and you're the first person I thought of. And I thought, Great. this is the life I have made for myself. <laughs> Anytime somebody's pet has an accident on... Yeah. I'm, People I'm, think about you. Yeah. Great. That's such a comforting thought. Yeah, it's something, isn't it? In my head. <laughs> so how often would you recommend someone get their carpets clean? As Thanks. often as they can afford. No, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's variable. I mean... So, so here's the thing. I used to work in research and development in the carpet cleaning field, so I have a lot of technical answers. I mean, realistically, the EPA is going to tell you once every six months for indoor air quality purposes, and I'm not going to disagree with that because your carpets filter out a lot of nasties and you stir them back up into the air. Hmm. The manufacturer is going to say once every one to two years for the sake of maintenance of the floor coverings. Um, but realistically speaking, everybody calls me based on their own opinion. Yeah. I mean... I've discovered that. Yeah. They probably call you before like Christmas and Thanksgiving, right? Christmas and Thanksgiving. Is that a big time? Huge, huge, yeah. huge times. Yeah. I got to tell you, mother-in-laws have sold more carpet cleanings <laughs> than anybody I know. They, <laughs> they get that call. I, I can't tell you the number of times that, my mother-in-law's coming. You got to get me in on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, so how could someone get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of Dirt Wrangler? 317-759-DWCC. Okay. Dirt Wrangler Dirt Carpet Wrangler Cleaner. Cleaning. <laughs> 317-759-3922. Yep. Or you can go to DirtWranglerCarpetCleaner.com. We have an online estimator. You can plug in your rooms and it'll spit out a number. Nice. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's All right, crazy. we're going to lightning round now. Lightning for, round. So you've listened to a few episodes, so maybe you I heard have. some. All right, here we yeah. go. Who would play... Nope, can't ask that question. I already no. know the answer. Oh, so okay. I had to Facebook stalk you earlier because oh. I didn't know anything about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of RT doing these interviews, and I don't know anything about the guests that's coming on. So <laughs> I'm usually stuck here in the dark the whole time. And I was like, as soon as I pulled up your Facebook page, I was like, man, you look like a Woody Harrelson with hair. <laughs> I was like, that's who would play you in a movie. And we can't ask the question now because he looked like a Woody Harrelson with hair. <laughs> right? Would like you Zombie agree with that? Woody Harrelson. Uh, you know, um, man, whoever <laughs> would play me in a movie Not would, too far off, right? would, would have to be very well paid. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah, 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 Woody Harrelson. Yeah. No, it's actually, it's that guy from uh, Game of Thrones who does the uh, Wyndham commercials. Yeah, me and that guy, we look a lot alike. I don't know who that is. I don't either, but I know, right? Pretty sure Blake's looking at that. But you're up. gonna like somebody's gonna Google that. And yeah. Be like, yeah. Oh, he's the Wyndham oh, Wizard. The one. That's the guy. <laughs> yeah. Nick, you want to ask the next question? 
Yeah. Um, favorite book, not the Bible. Favorite book, not the Bible. Okay. I have an answer for this one. I, need, I was hoping you would ask. All right, good. Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. Chris okay. Voss was the lead FBI hostage negotiator. Okay. I've not only bought this book and the audio copy, but I've given away several. And the reason why I recommend it is because everyone is held hostage by something. Oh, nice. So he wrote this book on negotiation. It's supposed to, you know, people are like, oh, I can get a salary or negotiate a, a house. But for yeah. me, I went into it thinking, because really, I mean, when we're evangelizing, a lot of times we're negotiating, mm -hmm. and usually the person is holding themselves hostage. And the person you're talking to is not only the hostage, but yeah. also <laughs> the hostage taker. That's uh, that's really good. Usually I don't endorse I don't... any of the government agencies with three letters, but that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's really good. Well, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Okay. I, I I love it for many reasons. It helped with my business, but I also use a lot of what he says in helping communicate well with people. Nice. That and five love languages. All right. five love languages. Someone you would like to go back in history to meet, not Jesus. Not Jesus. Um, Chris Ledoux, no. Chris Ledoux. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Did your dad work with Chris Ledoux? <laughs> no. no. That wasn't cool. I know, right? No. Um, man, that's, that's, a, that's a tougher one. That really is. For some reason, Abraham Lincoln came to mind. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. All right. Anything we didn't ask you over the last couple of weeks that you thought, I really wish they'd asked me this question? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. <laughs> Just want to make sure. All right. No, well, I've got, I got enough stories, man. But okay. yeah. Right. Yeah, well, ready. we really appreciate you joining us. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. We've got to get you back on here sometime. And Yeah. Yeah. Great. I got an episode that I'd like to have you come back for. So maybe, uh, maybe I think next season, talking about doing some things a little bit different and, uh, like to have you back for one of those. Well, I'll tell you what. You be Beethoven, and I'll be Bach. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Next time I may sit out and just let you two go at it. Um, no, no, no. You're stuck yeah, with us yeah, now, yeah, aren't you? We need you to reel us back in. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Make sure to share this on social media. And uh, next week, we have another interview coming up. So, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe and share. See you next week. See you.